This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good to see all of your beautiful faces here today and honored to be able to have a few minutes just to share from the word of the Lord with you. Um, we are in a countercultural series right now, and I'll explain that even a little bit more as we go. Um, but woke up this morning, and you guys had early morning wake-ups that you're just like, oh, no, why? And you can't go back to sleep. And so for the first hour, 3.30 in the morning for me today, so first hour kind of rustled through trying to get a little bit more rest, and then about 4.30, had my phone unfortunately turned on the right side up, and those not- one of those notifications lit the screen up. You ever had that happen, the whole room just like, is that an angel? You know, what is that? You know, kind of thing. But anyhow, it was a, it was a notification from the Version Bible of a prayer for the day. And I just, I just want to read this to you. This is such a healthy reminder. And it's, it's so interesting because it actually ties in to exactly what I'm going to talk about today. It was a prayer concerning the love of God and a reminder as it relates to his love. And here's the prayer. Father, keep me aware that your love is always near because you are never far. When I feel unworthy of love, remind me that you have made me worthy in Christ. Remind me how loved I am so I can remind others that they are loved as well. So for our time today, here's what I want to do. I want to talk about the love of God being completely countercultural to Everything we've probably ever experienced in the world, in life, being raised up. Completely countercultural. But also, what I want to show you is how the love of God is expressed and tied into intercession. Now, I know that's a, a term that maybe we don't hear too often, so I'm going to define these terms as we go. I'm going to talk about the love of God, I'm going to define it, and then I'm going to talk about what I mean when I say intercession. You've probably heard the term intercessor, like someone who prays, that's what we normally think, and there is truth to that. But I'm asking for the grace of God today to help us in this countercultural series, because ultimately in this series, we're not trying to say being countercultural is expressed by what we stand against as the church. That might be our initial thought. If we're, if we're walking countercultural to the world, we are standing against the ways of the world. In, in part, true, for sure, 100%, right? We should be moving in a different direction. Can you give me amen this morning? Come on, from somebody. We're moving in a different direction, right? That's true. That's happening. But to be countercultural, it actually means that we're standing in between. We're standing on behalf of other people, between heaven and between the earth. That's actually what it means to be an intercessor. It means to stand between, to be a bridge between heaven and earth on behalf of other people. That is how love ultimately is expressed as it relates to the kingdom of God. So it actually ties in to what it means to be truly countercultural. The dream today, what would it look like if each of us left this room, moved in our hearts to stand in petition for somebody else? 
Come on, this isn't just about us this morning, right, church? We're being equipped, we're being raised up here to stand on behalf of someone else. This is love. In fact, when we come to know God, when we come to experience God, the movement in maturity from there is to love other people, right? We're not just, oh, I love God, I love Jesus. There's a movement that begins to take place where we move into intercession, where we stand on behalf of other people. We bridge the gap between heaven and earth for other people. Come on, somebody, wake up this morning. This is good stuff. So let's look into the word of the Lord, all right? Let's just go ahead and jump there. Maybe that'll spark some some movement on the inside of us. It's eternal. It's sharp, it's powerful, it goes between soul and spirit, right? It gets right down into the heart of the issue. So we'll let the word of the Lord speak for itself. Jesus is speaking in John chapter 13, verse 34. And here's what he says. So I give you a new commandment. Let's just pause right there. You're talking contextually Jesus speaking to people that had heard commandments, had been trying to fulfill commandments for a couple thousand plus years, trying to follow God, right? We know minimally through the life of Moses, there was 10 commandments at some point given, but but added on top of that through, through the Sadducees and the Pharisees were all kinds of other commandments that they were just trying to give themselves to, to following, to be obedient, to be um, you know righteous, justified, or whatever language you want to put in there. And Jesus all of a sudden er, shows up on the scenes and he says, hey guys, listen, guess what? I give you a new commandment. And he's talking about a singular commandment. All of the plurality of commandments, all of the religious do's and don'ts, all of a sudden, basically, as God in the flesh, he is saying, hey, listen, all of that kind of ceases in this moment. There's a new commandment that I'm giving you, and here's what it is. Love each other just as much. Come on, is this freaking anybody else out? Love each other just as much as I have loved you. Can you imagine the perfect, most authentic, pure essence of love that's ever been known in the entire universe? The love of the Father manifest in Christ, now given to the earth. In fact, it was so strong that he gave himself for the entirety of humanity by a death on the cross. And he says, listen, here's the new commandment, guys. Love each other just as much or just like I have loved you. You know, if we want to super simplify this thing called following God and the ultimate goal of what the church's uh, role is to be in the earth, it's right here. Love other people just as much as Christ has loved you. Wow. In the same way that I have loved you, love other people. Why is this? Because God knows that the the common reality that all of humanity has innate within their created being is this desire to be loved. 
And, and, and there's a love that's been so propagated within culture that, that, that is the antithesis. It's countercultural to everything I'm talking about that has caused such brokenness and has brought so much confusion into the hearts and minds of people that have been created. I'm, I'm really praying that you'll be able to hear and sense like what's kind of going on, on the inside of me. There, there's, a, there's a heart of compassion and movement in Jesus the intercessor. One of, one of his titles, one of his many roles, Jesus the intercessor, that he wants us to capture this morning where somehow by the grace of God, not in our own ability as Julio was talking about, we can't do this. There's no way to manifest this in our own strength. But somehow over the church in America, around the world, that we would manifest the love of God where all of the broken definitions are exposed because the truth shows up and people go, oh my gosh, this is what I've been looking for my entire life. Come on, somebody. To find and experience love is the eternal quest of the human heart. Every single person is longing for love. Do you remember your first love? Third grade for me, Lori Leathers. Can I get an amen? Back in the day, here's what we used to do to, to figure out if the other person loved us. We'd grab a flower, we'd start pulling off the little petals. She loves me, she loves me not, right? And by the end, you're just praying to Jesus that it's she loves me, right? If it was she loves me not, you'd pick up another flower and you'd start again, right? Till you got the answer you were looking for. Wendy's the true love of my life, but Lori Leathers was, you know, she captured me, right? I mean, I had this rock collection that was the treasure of my life, and it was on this piece of paper. It had all the names of the different rocks, and man, I wanted to please her, you know, just to show her my affection. And I pulled all those rocks off that beautiful thing and gave them to her. And when she when she saw them, she was like, "What is what is this?" And she dropped the rocks on the ground. It was my first broken heart, right there, guys. <laughs> but finding love in culture is vogue today. It's in. It's the in thing, right? The bachelor, the bachelorette, 90-day fiance, uh, married at first sight, millionaire matchmaker. It's all over our, our media. It's, it's like, and we're glued to it because people are, and, and anybody will sign up, not me, but for, for those kind of movies, you know, for those kind of things because they're longing for love. One night I told Wendy, I'll watch this with her. It's called Love is Blind. And I gave her, I said, one night, I'll do it with you. I'll watch this with you, Netflix series. I don't recommend, there's some language in it. But, but what was fascinating to me is that they had these pods where you would sit in these rooms and there was like a door between where you could kind of see the shadow of the person, but you couldn't see them you know, in terms of who they are for their physical appearance, what they were wearing, what they were look, what they looked like, what ethnicity they were, any of those kind of things. It was all kind of, it was veiled by the door between the two pods, right? And the goal of this experiment is to engage in emotional connection through conversation in hopes that, that as you rotate around to these different people that are going to be in these different pods, that somehow an engagement would happen even in the midst of the blindness of these pods. And, and so on the one that we were watching, 
one couple actually got engaged and so did several others and, and all that kind of thing. And there was a real deep connection. They were like, oh my gosh, I feel so loved. I can't, I've never trusted anybody like this in my entire life. I've never, and all these emotional expressions were coming out of them. Oh, this is the most amazing thing. I really, truly feel loved for me and who I really am. And then when they brought them together to actually see each other, that's when the problems began. <laughs> they were great until they got face to face. And then all the insecurities. I remember they were, they were all, on both sides, male and female, like, oh my gosh, are they going to they, they find me attractive? Are they going to, uh, you know, I mean, all these things just started to pop. When the physical came in contact in addition to the emotional. See, God is up to something new in the earth through Jesus and what he came and accomplished on that cross. Something very powerful as it relates to the manifestation of true, authentic love. Isaiah said it, we can see this. A lot of times prophets speak stuff out way before they ever happen. And in verse 19 of chapter 43, he says, he says on behalf of the Lord, he says, see, I am doing a new thing. He says this, now it's springing up. He's talking about when Jesus was going to come. I'm, I'm convinced of this. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. But here's the question. Can you perceive it? Because if you think about new things, right? We can talk about, oh man, I just want, you know, there, I mean, I don't know if there's ever been so much change and movement in our culture than this time right now. How many people do you know that have changed jobs, that have made a move, that have, you know, we're doing this and now they're doing that. There's so much movement right now because people in the inside of themselves are craving for something new. There's almost like a hunger. It's like hunger's not bad. Hunger makes you want to eat. And you'll eat pretty much anything. I remember when we were fasting one time, I think it was like, seriously, like something like 10 days. And by the end, we were so desperate and so broken. This was some of our staff. We were up away on a retreat, had no food in, in the house, but we opened up the freezer and there was this old bag of, um, what's it where you have the cheese in the inside of some stuff that has the, uh, the fried thing on the outside? Cheese, sti cheese sticks. I don't know what they were, cheese sticks, where you put them in. What mozzarella sticks, yeah. Frozen. I mean, they were probably in there for years. And one of our team members, Lee, got a hold of that bag and we ate the whole thing frozen in a matter of minutes after 10 days. You, when you're hungry, you will eat just about anything. Before that, I was seeing clouds that look like Snicker bars. And I mean, all kinds of things were going on in my brain. But I was hungry. A lot of times there, there's this new thing that's springing up and we're feeling something and God's like, do you even understand what's happening? Can you even perceive what's taking place here? There is a hole in the hearts of people right now. I'm not saying the movement's bad, job transitions are bad or anything like that. I'm just saying that I feel there's something happening right now. And, and God is wanting to get us to a place where we can perceive what he's up to so that we can step into greater measures of understanding his love. Even myself. 
I'm talking, man, this is never a never-ending thing. You think the moment you have love figured out, you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea what the love of God was really all about. You learn that within your marriage. You learn that in context with relationships, all of these kind of things. But God is doing a new thing. The problem with new things is if it's new, it means you've never experienced it before. Because I want to ask you, do you, can you confidently say that you have this whole love of God thing 100% figured out and there's not a new thing that maybe he still wants to show you? Okay, so if that's the case for all of us here, that means we've never experienced it and so we don't even know that it's good even if it showed up in front of us. Darren, that's, that's really good preaching right there. Really good. Because listen, how are we going to perceive something as good and pursue it, be hungry after it, when we don't even know that it's good for us because we've never had it before? This is where someone's got to stand in the gap, in as a bridge, and begin to agree with God's will and begin to intercede for something supernaturally dynamic to actually take place in a person's heart so they can step into what God has for them. It's called intercession. You'll do that? <laughs> we got a test, food tester right here in Dean. All right, let's sign up. But listen, for a food intercessor, but listen, here's the thing. I remember 20 years ago, today is, 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 an, is a beautiful day, 19 years, Harbor being around. We're not doing any big celebration, but next year we will for 20. But a year prior to launching, God says, instead of get some big thing going to get this church launched, we had a few of us that sat in a, a little condo just a few miles from here. And he said, I want you to spend one year praying for this region. I'm like, Lord, that's not a really successful strategic way to launch a church. He's like, I need you to trust me because this is a new thing I'm doing. Can you perceive it? I want to give you my heart for the region. I want to give you my heart for the other churches here. I want to give you my heart for what I want to do in the city. If you just jump right into meetings, maybe you won't even be able to grab a hold of what I've really even called you to do. And you'll spend years doing all kinds of other things that, that seem good and, and maybe appear to be significant, but they're not my full manifestation of my will. Oh, guys. That year, it set such a foundation and established us in so many ways. That, that, that we're still on course to to this day, but it's a new moment. This is why I'm feeling, God, what are you up to right now? I, there's, there's a movement of intercession that he wants to bring into his body by revealing to us a new measure of his love and capturing us in a way where we're ruined forever. Where now our commitment is that, that was here at this level that we thought was a 10. Now, now it seems and feels downgraded on some level to a 1. But he wants to bring it all the way back up to a 10 again. It's like it's a promotion. So here's what he says as he continues. And we're going to wrap this up pretty soon. He says in verse 34 of John chapter 13. As I've mentioned, I give you a new commandment to love each other just as much as I've loved you. 
You see, he wouldn't have said that if it wasn't destined to land on the hearts of a generation at some point in human history, like for real. Paul, you can see this echoed in, in chapter five, verse 25 of Ephesians. He, he's teaching about the relationship of Christ and his church, right? Like how much God loved us. We're his bride, right? We're his church. And he said, hey, here's what's gonna start to happen. Husbands, you're gonna start to love your wives just like I love the church. You mean men are gonna have to take a position on this kind of a level at some point in human history, like to actually see the glory of God come down and, and do something beyond anything that we've maybe ever seen at any point in human history. Come on, guys. You ever felt something going on in the depths of you that's trying to train you, trying to do something deep, like as it relates to your wife? And it is about her, but it's even a far greater reality. And it's maybe very painful. You're like, Oh, like, oh, and because we've been programmed so many other ways and it's so difficult to love in this kind of a way. But God wants male leadership to manifest this. And it has to be an emotional reality. Guys, we don't like emotion, right? We decompartmentalize everything. And so we, we disconnect from emotion. We don't like to sit in those pods, but when we do, we do like it. You know, we won't tell anybody about it. Come on, somebody. But this is where God is wanting to do something and there's, and there's a manifestation that's gonna look very practical. It's not just gonna be very spiritual out here. It's gonna look practical. It's gonna come into our homes and into our relationships. It's gonna come into our churches. Meaning whatever things that we're learning about how we deal with other people or the challenges they're in, it's okay because God is up to something. So here's the focus that I want to hit on as we conclude this time today. Here's where Jesus moves from John 34 into John 35. Look what he says. This is massive. He says, for when, everybody say when. Everybody shout when, come on. For when you demonstrate the love I have for you by loving one another, everyone, shout everyone. So when you demonstrate the love for one of God that I've shown to you for, for, for one another, everybody, he says, will know that you're my true followers. Amen. Let's go to lunch. All right. Praise the Lord. There's really not much to say after that. I mean, I love our strategy. I love our, our visions, our dreams. I love, you know, like being intentional about discipleship and all of those kinds of things that we're trying to do here. And so is every other leader that I know. But man, what if we dialed it back and we started to pray into this and go, God, when we demonstrate love for others, like he's demonstrated to us, everybody already in the world, somehow out of that reality manifesting is gonna know that we're their disciples, your, your disciples. It's the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17 being spoken here by John. So think about this. The transformation of culture that we're believing for will only be experienced when we begin to give the love that we have received. Okay, pause right there. It's not you just going, oh, what's the love of God? Let me get that intellectually in my, my theology. 
Uh, and then, okay, now I'm going to give this away. No, it's something that you've actually go- gone from here. It's come down on into the heart. Something's transpired on the inside of you. You're totally different. And now it begins to overflow out into other people. The word love, just so I give you context here, it's agape, which means love without an agenda. Okay, this, this is a mind buster right here. If Jesus said that I've come to seek and save the lost, did he have an agenda? Yes, but really no. And this is where the intercessor piece comes in. And I'm going to show it to you. Because a lot of people think that the church is just out there either to get, your, get their money or to get them saved. And to be honest, neither of those things should be our aim. Even their salvation. Don't stone me. Hold on. In the way that we think about it. Like they're just waiting for us to hide behind a bush with a track and jump out and whew, hey. It's, it's way bigger deal than that when, it, when we're talking about the love of God and standing as a bridge, standing in between heaven and earth on behalf of other people. So God is trying to do something here. He's trying to, he's trying to show us something here. In fact, this, what was it, last Monday, it was Valentine's Day, right? We have all these cards. We take our spouses out to dinner. You know, we do all these nice things. But do you know the origin of Valentine's Day and who St. Valentine was? This was a guy in 269 AD who was imprisoned, ultimately beheaded and buried on February 14th for helping persecuted Christians and performing marriages of Christ followers who were outlawed from coming into the church and having their their marriages sanctified. While he was in prison, he met and, and prayed for the jailer's daughter who was blind and tradition says that she was healed miraculously of her sight where she could, couldn't see anything at all, miraculously healed. On the day that he was executed, he wrote her a card of love and said, you're Valentine. Why do I say this? Love looks like something, guys intercession looks like something. He was moved with compassion. He came into a place of understanding his calling. He, he practically gave himself to contribution to, to, to what he was called to give to the world. And this is how it ended for him. This is what it looked like. And this guy's famous. And most people don't even know why he's famous. There are heroes in heaven that no one even knows their name on earth today. But all of heaven knows who they are. There are secret agents that God's placed all over human culture, all around the world. And I've had the privilege of meeting some of these people and they inspire me because they've been touched by love and now their heart is totally being moved by love. And they've gone all in. Come on, somebody, come on. They've gone all in because their heart has been just encroached upon by all of God and they have yielded all that they had to the Lord, back to him, and now they're overflowing saying, I'm gonna give it all to you. Three words I just wanna give you and write these down. There's three things we need to have. Compassion, calling, and contribution. We don't ask for them because, hey, this is... 
this, these three words in and of themselves are going are to enable me or empower me to be an intercessor in the world. But what I'm saying is when we say, God, I want to know your love. I want to I experience it. I want to have something new happen. Come on, 2022. Let's believe something new is going to happen in all of our lives this year on another level. And when it does, here's what's going to happen. Compassion is going to come. You're going to start to be drawn to serve others in need. That may look like ministering to the down and outs or the down and ups. There's people down in both categories, y'all. You don't have to be poor to be down. You don't have to be rich to be down. Everybody's down that doesn't know the love of God. Can you imagine what it's like for a wealthy person? How many people have an agenda in meeting them? The minute they sniff out, they have any, any degree of wealth or finance. Can you imagine what that must, how lonely that must feel when you're only being loved for what you can give? That's a down and up. Calling. This is where we know that, man, this whole thing is not about some preacher standing on a stage. It's about my life being used within my spheres of influence to touch other people. And there's a mass army that's being just, just readied right now for this moment all over the world. There's a shift that's cha- changing, I believe, in the local church. It's not being built on a personality or just someone's gift. It's an empowerment of the saints to actually go out and do what they've been called to do. And then the contribution, this is where this kicks in. I'm going to give, as, as Julio was saying, that very scripture where he called himself a bondservant. He says, you know, man, my life, it's, I've, I've, I've indebted myself to, to, to service of God. I no longer make and give of my own decisions. In other words, he's given of his time, his talents, and all of his resources. He's thrown them in. And he said, God, I'm all yours. When we think of the word intercessor, we may envision a monk in a monastery, a grandma in a rocking chair, a house of prayer staff member, and all those truly have been intercessors. But here's what I want to say. Like, when you look in the mirror, do you see yourself as an intercessor? And the reason I ask that question is I'm telling you because you are. You are powerful. Your voice being released to God in intimacy, in that place of connection, it means something. And in some ways, there's so many people in this room watching online, people that will listen to this message another time, that they have been shut down. Their voice has been silenced. The passion and burning in their heart has has been tried to be just quelched and quenched. And God wants to raise that up again. He wants you to see who you've been called to be, that what you feel, what you take in, and what you release back to God in terms of prayer matters in this moment. That's why when Nathan was telling us, hey, let's lift up our voices, let's begin to pray, I would have loved, and we will see this one day, an eruption of stuff coming out from the inside of us in moments like that, because it matters for everybody in this room to be doing it, right? Prayer and intercession, I believe, is the most countercultural force in the universe. And it's probably the biggest thing under attack, or maybe the biggest thing really misunderstood. Here's what I believe, and I'm, I'm, I'm ending as the team comes back up. I believe that our prayer life 
our force of intercession that's on the inside of all of us has been paralyzed somewhere between wonder and mystery. And God wants to, to, to raise that thing up even in this moment. The disciples were not alone in this journey. They found themselves in the same exact place. They're watching Jesus literally step in and stand between heaven and earth, connected to the Father in such a way where he didn't say anything that he didn't hear the Father saying or he didn't do anything that he didn't see the Father doing. And through this intercession, this bridge, here Jesus was on the earth, his feet on the earth, Father in heaven, he was standing in the gap, he was an intercessor, and all of a sudden, everywhere Jesus went, things began to move. Are you following me? Like stuff started to happen. And the disciples, they were pretty, you know, at times lost a little bit, but they caught this one. They're like, whoa, wait a minute, there's something on you as it relates to your relationship with the Father. And wherever you go, things begin to tri- just, just there's a swirl of, of movement. Here's what I want to let, let us, all of us know. That wasn't just for Jesus. That was Jesus' example for what's possible for us. He was the great intercessor, but we are intercessors underneath him in his likeness. We carry Christ on the inside. And so wherever we go, we're supposed to move stuff as well, right? Okay. So here's, 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 they're asking him, teach us how to pray, right? Teach us how to pray. And so Jesus is teaching them how to be an intercessor. We're concluding with this. Matthew 9, he says, pray like this. Our father dwelling in the heavenly realms, Matthew chapter six, verse 10. We, we, we ask for you, for your name to be the center on which our lives turn. Okay. This is the crazy thought, like, He's basically saying there's a lot of other things that are, that, are, that are edicts that cause your life to go one way or another, cause you to, to, to make this decision or that. And he says, hey, listen, if you want to pray, here's what you need to pray. Lord, in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives move and ebb and flow alone. That's it. What would that look like? And then he teaches them, he continues in verse 10, manifest your kingdom realm and cause, oh, this is amazing, your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. Holy Spirit, please just get that into us today. When we look around at the world, when we look around at our families and our friends, God, somehow bring a yearning to our hearts where we can pray these kind of bold prayers. You see, because the culture of this world would discourage us from praying this kind of prayers. In fact, we've been programmed to offer prayers to God that prevent us from being disappointed by Him or ever being astonished by Him. We keep our prayers safe because that's what the world has taught us to pray. Don't pray for that person to be healed. Don't pray for this city to be changed. Don't pray for your heart to burn. Don't pray for any of these things. Keep it safe so that you're never disappointed and at the other side, never astonished. So 
so where's this whole agape thing? Where does this come in? I believe we're supposed to be hidden, yet intentional. Almost like kind of covert, somewhat overt when the window opens. You see, you got to be careful about casting your pearls. I saw a really well-intended football player that was in the, in the NFL and that was part of the, you know, the Super Bowl team. And he, he shared something. And I was like, I believe that happened. I love your boldness. But as I read the comments, they're like, what is this guy talking about? You got to be careful what you put out there. And, and here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. He says, examine your motives and make sure you're not showing off when you do your good deeds. Only to be admired by others. Otherwise, you will lose your reward of your heavenly father. Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. So when you give to the poor, don't announce it. Don't make a show of it. Or if it is just to be seen by people like the hypocrites in the streets and in the marketplace, they've already received their reward. Verse 3 says, but when you demonstrate generosity, do it with a pure motive and without drawing attention to yourself. Give secretly, verse 4, and your father who sees all you do will reward you openly. Whenever you do pray, verse 5, be sincere and not like the pretenders who love and the attention they receive while praying before others in the meetings in the street corners. Believe me, they've already received their reward in full. But whenever you pray, verse 6, go to your innermost chamber and be alone with the Father God and pray to him in secret. And your Father who sees all you do will one day reward you openly. So Jesus then moves from this and he says, but hey, don't let, let me, I'm just giving you the, the space on how you're to enter this. You're not to come with any agenda. Keep, keep your motives secret in a sense, like so the world doesn't look on and go, hey, what is this person all about? Why are they doing these things? But then he says, do this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe and it will be yours. Whatever you ask in my name, the Father's going to do. And if you remain in me and I remain in you, you may ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. It's a motive that begins with God's love for someone else, but it ends with us asking Holy Spirit to partner with the will of God and see it come to pass. We don't have an agenda because we're not here representing ourselves, but we do want to see change because we may be the only person standing between heaven and earth on behalf of brokenness that's out there that's destroying lives. Come on, somebody. We just lift a, a song up just real quick here. Our Father in heaven, Jesus, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come quickly, your will be done the same.
ago there was a a leader that I read about who had a lady in his church whose sister had been in a comatose state in a hospital in a care center for over a year and she begged the pastor would you go and would you just please pray for my sister and to be honest he said he, he really wasn't moved by her request and then all of a sudden one day something happened in his heart And the Lord arrested his heart and told him, hey, I want you to go pray for this woman. And when he went over there, he found out that the doctors were just waiting, begging God, or begging, sorry, they were just waiting, begging the family to just give them the permission to pull the plug on the lady because she was just vegetative state, no brain activity. And she'd been in that situation for over a year. 
And so he just went in and committed to God to just sit by her bedside. He didn't even open his mouth. He just prayed prayers on the inside of agreement. And he did that for 52 weeks, seeing nothing. And then on the 52nd week, this woman woke up out of this vegetative state with no symptoms at all of any type of brain damage, no effect whatsoever on what had put her into this state. And the city found out about it, and actually it went public. Woman wakes up from comatose state after over two years. Why do I say that? There's something about the creation of God that lives on the inside of us. I was thinking about this, and I'm, I'm going to close after I share this little thought. The creation of God is where God makes mankind in his image, where God grants us authority to rule, meaning we are all royalty, fashioned in supreme value. And it's where God gives the management of the earth over to mankind, not completely separate from him, but to journey together with him to see impossible things happen. As we go today, I want to ask Holy Spirit just over each of your lives to put you back in that space again where you at least minimally begin to open up your heart and say, God, I've been living it too safe. I've been shut down. My voice has been closed off. And we start to step out and move out because God's love begins to be revealed to us. I just want to pray that over you. Father, would you come and do something that I could never do in my own heart in anybody's heart in this room, and I'm asking that love, counter-cultural love, in a new way, would be revealed to us, even this year, even today. That, Lord, out of that revelation that we would begin to move into a place to say we are going to take our position between heaven and earth to be a bridge to partner with what you're wanting to do in the earth on behalf of other people. Would you awaken this? Would you pray that with me? Would you awaken this today? Would you do something so profound that we'd be amazed at the end of this year on the impossibilities that you bring to pass as we agree with your will, as we command your will, come, be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to dismiss. If you guys want to hang around for a little bit and just spend time with Jesus, you're welcome. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.